Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Wonderful. Well, it's good to be with you. Can we put our hands together for the worship team? Done a fantastic job this morning. It's awesome. Are you gonna, are you gonna, are you gonna stay there all to, all the morning, or do you go? What do you do now? They're gonna go. Okay, they, they're gonna go. They do an awesome job. It is wonderful to be here, and I want to thank Pastor Andrew. It's been wonderful to connect. How many people know? Once you connect with people, that life just gets much more exciting. Um, it's easy to come and go, uh, but when you start connecting with people, you just realize how how God is so much into community and how God is so much into relationships uh, that we just grow through the relationships that God gives us. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about getting to know Pastor Andrew, and we spent a little bit of time with the team last night, uh, is just understanding how at City Lights, um, you know, relationship and connection uh, is one of your high values. And I think that's a really, really, really healthy thing uh, for a local church. So I think you're in a good place. <laughs> that was a great opportunity for you to be able to go, amen, yeah, come on. So we'll do that again, okay? So I think you're in a really good place here at City Lights Church. Come on. That's much better. That's much better. Listen, you can't be passive this morning. You can't just sit there and go, oh, no, no, no. Lean in, because uh, I believe God, every time we get together, uh, whether and it doesn't matter where we are, what country on the planet, doesn't matter what church, wherever we gather in a spirit of faith, where we're leaning into God, where we're just worshiping Jesus, I'm telling you, God always has something. And uh, as Andrew said, it can be something that lifts us, but it can also be something that challenges us and stirs us. Um, So make a decision whenever you come together, never to be passive, sort of whatever. Oh, I hate, don't you hate that attitude? Whatever. We've raised five children. And there's something about the teenage years that if you're not careful, that nasty little thing comes in. Whatever. We banned that in our house. It's not whatever here. It's come on. We're going to go for it. So it's a real privilege for my wife, Sally, and I uh, to be with you uh, this weekend. And we're excited about the journey that you are on as a church. And uh, you know, we come from a background of uh, many, many years in ministry, uh, leading on teams and then leading churches ourselves, either small churches in country Victoria uh, or large uh, churches in the center of Melbourne with the campuses over Melbourne and overseas. And uh, I'm going to tell you know, the, the principles of faith that God wants to do good things in us and through us are universal. Doesn't matter where we're from, doesn't matter what the size of the church is, doesn't even matter really what stage we are at, what's going on in our life, God is always wanting to take us on a journey. And what I've discovered about the journeys of God is that if we keep saying yes, it only gets better and better. That's the greatest secret that I can give you today. Just keep saying yes to whatever God is challenging you. Whatever that next simple step is, every single time we say yes, God starts to move in our lives and through our lives. Is that good news? I'll try it again. Is that good news? Wonderful. I want to speak to you this morning about uh, something that I would call the Z factor. It's one of the greatest theological truths, but I don't hear it preached anywhere else. The Z factor. We've all heard about the X factor. Uh, There was a TV program about it that was trying to identify singers with the X factor. But you know, that 
X factor is that sort of intangible thing um, that makes the difference. Um, and it can be true in business. It can be true in coffee shops or restaurants. Um, that you know, there may be a restaurant that does the same thing as the restaurant next door, serves the same food, has the same staff, the same venue, whatever. But the one that has the X factor is the one where the crowds go. It's the same with the coffee shops. They all serve coffee, but you make a decision about where you buy your coffee. And what you're looking for, even though we don't often can identify it, is that sort of X factor, the thing that makes the difference. And it's interesting, it's exactly the same in our lives as believers, that there are believers all over the planet, but God wants us to be believers with that X factor, what I call a Z factor. And Jesus is a prime example of the Z factor. Isn't it interesting, if you look at the Gospels and you go back into that time and that setting, there were a lot of religious Jews. There, there was a lot of religion going on. But the crowds weren't following the Pharisees. The crowds weren't following the Sadducees. The crowds weren't following the established religiosity of the day. The crowds were following Jesus because Jesus had something about him that attracted people. And not just the religious people, but attracted people full stop from wherever they came from in their life's journey, wherever they came from in the socioeconomic times, people loved Jesus. And so our goal, and I'm praying your goal, is that we would actually become more and more like Jesus. Less and less like the religious ones of the day, more and more like Jesus. And I believe that it's the Z factor that can actually make that difference. And my prayer for City Lights Church is that you would be a church, that you can be a people that explode with what I call the Z factor. So around about now, you should be thinking, what is the Z factor? <laughs> and here it is in very simple terms. The Z factor is the ability to see people that nobody else sees. And to connect with people that nobody else connects with. It's simple, but it's profound. See people that nobody else sees and to connect and to love people that nobody else connects with or that loves. We're going to jump into a story many, many of you will be familiar with, but perhaps many also won't be so familiar with. And it's where we get the Z factor because it's a story about a short little Jewish guy called Zacchaeus. Here we go. Luke chapter 19. I think it's going to come on the screen if you don't have your word. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Talk about a self-invitation. <laughs> like, oi! <laughs> I'm coming to your place. You know, do we need it? We need a little bit more of that. We need a little bit more boldness to say to somebody, let's do coffee. We need a little bit more Holy Ghost boldness to be able to say, hey, can we do lunch? Can we hang out? I think sometimes we're just way too timid. We want to be too politically correct. But Jesus didn't have a problem with that. I'm coming to your house. 
Like, I'm sorry, I must. <laughs> this is really important. I don't know why you're hanging up there, but I'm coming to your place. Holy Ghost boldness to connect with people. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Father, I pray this morning that God, as we just unfold your word, Holy Spirit, thank you that God, you cause faith to rise in our hearts this morning. God, you said faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. So thank you, God, that right now we can put aside every distraction. We can put aside every issue and God, allow your word by your spirit, God, to work a work of faith in every single heart. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? That wasn't bad, about 80%. Everyone said? Okay, the capacity to see people that nobody else sees. You know, the, the bad news in this story is that there was a man who was hungry, desperate to see Jesus. Hungry. Desperate to see Jesus. He was despised by the crowd, but he was willing to go and put himself in the crowd. He couldn't find a way, but he made a way. He climbed a tree, for goodness sake. That wasn't the done thing. But he was desperate to know what is it about this Jesus. He'd heard stories, he'd heard rumors. He'd probably seen the crowds. He knew something was going on and something stirred in his heart. But the bad news is that even though he was so hungry, so desperate, the crowd blocked him and the disciples missed him. Now, I can understand the crowd. The crowd is always self-obsessed. The crowd followed because they thought this guy's got the answer. This guy heals people. This guy sets people free. This guy talks about stuff that I need to hear. So I understand that the crowd didn't have time for Zacchaeus because in their estimation, he was just a tax collector. He was working for the Romans. We don't like him. We don't want to know about him. I'm here because I believe that Jesus can solve my problem. I don't blame the crowd. The crowd's always self-obsessed, but the disciples missed it. That to me scares me. Because if we think about it, the disciples were the best of the best of the best as far as the followers of Jesus. They're the apostles. They're the ones that Jesus is saying, come on, boys, <laughs> the future's up to you. He's investing all that he has in the life of the disciples, but the disciples seem to be missing in action. There's no mention of the disciples in this entire story. And so the crowd blocked him. The disciples missed him. Someone who was hungry, someone who was Desperate. And for us today, for those of us who are believers, for those of us who have said, hey, God, I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to actually reach people. It's a sobering reminder that if we're not careful, 
We can miss the people that are around about us. But the good news about it is, even though the crowd blocked him and the disciples missed the hungry man, Jesus saw him. Not only did Jesus see him, he also knew him. He knew his name. There was something in the heart of Jesus. And when you ask the question, you say, well, what, what is it about Jesus? When you look at Jesus, he, he was never absorbed by the crowd. He was never distracted. He always had time for the individual. And if you read through the Gospels again and again and again, he was never seduced by the crowd. He was always obsessed with touching individuals. Always obsessed with making a connection with someone. To help them discover the goodness of God. And stop and ask the question, why? why? What was it about Jesus that he could see people that nobody else saw? Notice people that everybody else didn't even see? And the answer is that you always see those that you love. Whatever you love, whatever we set our heart's affection on, that's what we notice. You see whatever you love. And the example with Jesus is very clear. Matthew chapter 9, 36, 7. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Not because he saw numbers, but because he saw individuals. Because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He had compassion on them. You know, so often we misunderstand that the power of that word compassion. We think compassion is more like sympathy. We go, oh, oh, <laughs> that's not compassion. If you actually look at the definition of that word, compassion is a deep, powerful thing. Compassion is something that it, it, the, the language infers a stirring, an internal stirring, even a painful movement of the bowel. And it's like Jesus looking at people and going, he feels the pain. It moves him. It stirred him to want to connect. It stirred him to actually want to be involved in those people's lives to bring an answer. And when we are stirred, when we are moved, and when we have a compassion and a love for others, we're going to start seeing them in situations where we never would have seen them before. We've been married, my wife and I, for now 41 years. Woohoo! And if you knew any of that journey, you would be clapping and shouting and cheering, not for me, but for my wife. Because that's 41 years of love and patience and tolerance and perseverance waiting for me to catch up with the level of her grace and love and mercy and compassion. And over those years, we've raised five children and we now have 10 grandchildren. We've just added to that. In the last couple of months, we had another two little baby girls. So seven grandsons and three granddaughters. And I'm telling you, when we're in a crowd, it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter how crowded the shopping center might be and how many other kids that there might be. The only ones that we notice are our grandkids. Why? Because we love them. All the rest, well, they're cute, but pff, no. <laughs> no, we love and we see our grand. We can spot them in a crowd just like that. We can pick up their voice just like that. And the Z factor is when we move so close to the heart of God that we say, God, give us a heart for the lost. Let us not be so consumed with our life, so consumed with what's going on in our world. God, let our antennas be up that we see and that we notice and we don't just walk on by, but that we stop. And can I say today, the beautiful thing about this is that you might feel like a Zacchaeus. 
You might say, well, God, do you really know what's going on in my life? Well, the story proves the fact that God knows what's going on. If he knew Zacchaeus' name, he knows your name. And if he knew what was the hunger and if he knew what was going on in Zacchaeus, he knows what's going on. God is a God who sees. And you might say, but nobody knows what's in. No, no, God knows. And God cares. Thank God that we love a God who sees us and knows us and cares about us and says, I want to touch you. I want to heal you. And I want to use you. God sees you wherever you are. God saw me when I was a broken, hopeless 18-year-old with years of drug addiction, years of alcoholism, years of blowing my brains out on all kinds of nonsense. The world would have looked at me and turned the other way. But somewhere in heaven, God said, no, I see you. And God moved things and God shifted people. And God brought me to a place where I could say yes to Jesus. And from that moment on, things started to change. God sees our brokenness. God sees our hunger, just like he saw Zacchaeus. To see people that others don't see. The second thing about the Z factor is not just to see people, but to actually move in and create some relationship to connect. You know, as I said before, I love the fact that Jesus just boldly, just straight out, just says, I must come to your house today. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? He didn't just say, hey, Zach, I'm, I'm, I'm heading to the uh, you know, next town. We're going to run some crusade meetings. And uh, Zach, I can see you're hungry. So like, here's my card. <laughs> Let me connect you with the boys. And listen, when we've got the meetings going, I'm going to have a front row seat. I'm going to, there'll be a reserved seat for you, Zach. Great to meet you. God bless you. God loves you. Come to the meeting. <laughs> he didn't do that. It wasn't just a quick sort of little connection. And, hey, see you next week or this or that. He said, no, no, no. I am coming to your home. I must come to your home, Zach. I actually want to connect with you at an authentic level. See, when we're willing to step into other people's lives, relationship says, I do see you. Relationship says, I care about you. I'm willing to step out of my routine. I'm willing to step out of whatever my agenda is, and I'm willing to step into your world. We're so busy, aren't we? <laughs> well, I don't know what you Queenslanders are like. You actually seem pretty chilled out. <laughs> I don't blame you. The weather's awesome, it's incredible. But a lot of us, we're so busy, our agendas are so full. And Jesus was busy. Jesus was on his way. But he said, hey, no, 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 I'm coming to your house. And I, I guarantee you that somebody in the 12 would have said, Jesus, that's not on the agenda. <laughs> like, Jesus, that's not in the schedule. We haven't got time to stop. We haven't got time to hit. We're not going to his place. We're supposed to be heading over here. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. Forget the schedule. Forget what was planned. I'm coming to this man's house because I want to connect with this man. And there are no shortcuts. If we don't connect, we can't transform. You see, what Jesus was doing was closing the gap between an encounter and transformation. See, Zacchaeus had an encounter at the bottom of the tree. But he had a transformation in the house. I got born again in the desert somewhere up in the Northern Territory or Western Australia. Or I don't even know where it was, but it was just out in the desert on my own. No, no worship team, no preacher, no body, just me lost, stranded in the desert while I was hitchhiking around Australia, all on my own, out of food, out of water, realizing I could die here and I'm not ready to meet God. 
And so I just stood there in the desert. I lifted up my hands. I said, Jesus, if you're real, God, if you're real, I know I need you. Please come into my heart. Boom. In a moment of time. I'm telling you, it was like a little mini explosion going off in the inside. And I knew that I knew that I knew. It's real. God's real. It's all real. What I heard as a little boy, Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. And whosoever believes in the name of the Lord shall be. Boom! And I was changed in a moment of time. Filled with the Spirit of God. Never ever look back. Hope, peace, strength, joy. Transform encounter with God that never, ever, ever left me. But can I tell you, I was born again in the desert, but I didn't grow until I was connected into a local church. Relationship is what fills the gap between an encounter, whether it's in the desert or at an altar or wherever we might have an encounter with God, and being transformed into the likeness. Going on the journey of becoming who it is that God has always destined us to become. We need to connect. The Z factor is when we're willing to step out of our routine and connect with people it closes the gap it's the gospel john 1 14 says the word became flesh made his dwelling among us and we've seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth you know jesus came it wasn't an email it wasn't a podcast it wasn't a zoom meeting it was jesus the son of god god manifested himself coming and walking the dusty streets having lunch with zacchaeus going to the weddings going to the funerals just hanging out with people building a relationship showing us what god was really like and isn't it amazing that just by hanging out, just connecting, people said, I want to follow this man. I want to know this God. I want to know his Father. And I tell you, nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. When we take the time to hang out with people, and we carry that Z factor, and we carry the love of God, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. It doesn't, have to mean, it doesn't mean that we're still not on a journey. But what it means is we're saying to them, I love you. I see you. I care about you. And here's the thing about the Z factor. The third thing is this. The Z factor is actually seeing the potential of God in others. Understanding that what we see with our natural eyes in the circumstance that they might have right now, not being blinded by that, but understanding there's destiny. There's a God factor in every single person that we meet. You know, I described a little bit of what my life was like before I found Christ. And I want to tell you, if you looked on the outside of me back then, and if you saw me hitchhiking by the side of the road up in the desert, you would, have got, you would not have slowed down. You would have kept going, and you probably would have sped up. If you had children with you, you would have said, don't look at him. Don't look at him in the eye. Stay away, children. If you were walking, you would have crossed the road. I, can, I guarantee you, I looked wild. I smelt. I was out of control. I had a pack. I used to carry a tomahawk on the back of my pack. I had a little billy that used to swing and crash and bang and all that kind of stuff. I had little beard, goatee beard down there. I had hair down there. I was a, well, people would have all kinds of names. But I'm telling you, if you had a list of the 10 most unlikely people to get born again and end up in church and end up leading a church and end up seeing the goodness and the favor of God all over his life, you would have not put me on that list. You would have said, mm, that's going to need some really special attention. And you would have walked on by. 
But God knew, no, 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 I've got a plan. I've got a destiny. How many people know today God's got a plan and a destiny for every single person? Do you know some of the greatest leaders today are hanging out in a pub as hopeless alcoholics right now? But God's saying, no, 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 I've got a plan for them. Some of the people that God is going to raise up might be heroin addicts right now. Some of them might be leading incredible corporations, incredibly successful, but with empty hearts. And they're aching just like Zacchaeus, a successful man, a wealthy man who was right up here on the social ladder. But there was an ache in his heart saying, there's got to be more. See, the church, the gospel, it's not just for broken, hopeless people. It's for everybody. We all need him. We desperately need what only God can bring into our lives. Oh, did you see that? (laughs) To see the potential. Second Corinthians, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure, his light, his life, his power, his destiny. We have this treasure in jars of clay. That's us. (laughs) To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The Zen factor is looking at people and not seeing them for where they are today, but believing in the God factor within them. I know that in my life. But there's a man that I remember, and I'll never, ever forget. When my wife and I were first leading a a church in regional Victoria in a town called Bendigo. And we got there, and the the church, the Z factor really wasn't flowing through the church. We weren't seeing people. We weren't connecting with people. We were just religiously gathering every week and worshipping God, but we weren't fulfilling what God had called us to do. So we started to pray and to believe and saying, God, we want to reach people. We want to see new people coming into the church. God, help us to be the kind of people that are going to attract others into your kingdom. And, you know, as we're praying that one day, a a man came into the church that I'll I'll call John. And he was an older man. Well, I say that he's probably at my age now or the age that I am now. (laughs) But most people in the church knew John because he lived nearby But they didn't know him because he was a good man. They knew him because he was what they would call, oh, he's the resident drunk. He's been an alcoholic for years. And you'd see him walking the streets, staggering around. You'd see him outside wherever he lived and just always, you know, unkept and just a a wild, sad, sorry, alcoholic man. He was well known, but he came into the church. I don't know how he got there, but he came into the church. He smelt. He looked horrible. He had no social skills whatsoever, but he responded to the gospel. He came forward. He gave his life to Christ. And I'd love to say that he got set free and he was just transformed in a moment's time, but it wasn't like that at all. (laughs) He kept coming back week after week and he kept coming back unchanged initially and on the outside. And every time we did a a salvation call, he would come forward week after week. Every single, I'd say, John, you got saved last week. You don't have to come again. You're born again. It's okay. And he, 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 he just kept coming. And it was really interesting. Wherever he sat, no one would sit near him. Because he did smell and because he was difficult. He was an unusual person, but he started to love God. And then one day at the end of a board meeting, I can remember after he'd been coming along for a few weeks, at the end of a board meeting, we shut the meeting and one of the board members said, Pastor Dave, can we we just have a a conversation um, uh, uh, about John? 
I said, yeah, sure. What, 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 what is it? He said, well, what are you going to do about John? I said, what do you mean? What am I going to do about John? He said, well, he's causing a bit of a problem. People are complaining because he smells so bad. And, and last week when he sat on the chair, he stained the chair and we, we had to throw the chair out. We couldn't even clean it up. It smelled so bad. And what are we going to do about him? He keeps coming forward and everybody knows every week he comes forward. And so what are we going to do about John? And I can remember being so challenged, but I felt God speak to me and say, here's what we're going to do with John. We're going to love John. We're going to love John. And if John doesn't know how to change himself, then we're going, to, we're going to send some men to John and we're going to get those men to build relationship with John and go out of their way. And we're going to teach John about personal hygiene and we're going to take John shopping and we're going to buy John some new clothes and we're going to get involved in John's life and we're going to help John grow. And you know, again, it wasn't instant, but week by week, month by month, John started to change. You see, he had encountered God, he was hungry for God, but he needed others around him to begin to see him transform into the life that God had destined. And the interesting thing is, just like Zacchaeus, he started to show fruit of God's call on his life. Isn't it amazing? Zacchaeus, the one who was seen as a cheat, the one who was taking people's money, actually had a spirit of generosity within him. He was the one who opened up his home. He was the one who said, hey, I'll give Oh, there was generosity, a gift of generosity. Well, guess what happened with John? John turned into one of our greatest evangelists. He started to bring other drunks in. Hallelujah. He started to bring other people in because he had no fear. He was so grateful for God. He wasn't worried about social norms. He was just, hey, you should come to church. And he started to bring others in. I'm telling you, we need to see the potential in others. We need not be offended by where they are today and just love them. Build relationship with them. I'm going to invite the team to come up as I wrap up really quickly <laughs> because we're almost out of time this morning. But you know, when I think about the Z Factor, it's, it's, it's an encouragement to every single one of us that no matter where we are in our life today, God sees us. And for many of us, we can already just say, thank God for that. He saw us. He called us. And when we said yes to him, everything started to change. And for many of us today, it's an encouragement to say, yeah, I'm in the right place. I've stopped just attending church. I'm actually part of church. And I've taken those steps of transformation. I'm starting to grow in God. And thank God that we can say we're part of a family that cares. Thank God that we're connected. Thank God. But you know, it was also an incredible challenge. As I said before, the crowd, I don't blame the crowd for blocking him. But I'm so concerned that the disciples missed him. And I just feel the encouragement of God this morning to say to the church, to say to City Lights Church, well done for carrying the heart. Well done for carrying the compassion and the love of God that says, hey, we don't want to miss anybody. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is welcome. And we're going to build relationship. We're not going to be a church. You're not, you'll never be a church that just runs meetings. Thank God for that. There are millions of churches, well, lots of churches that just run meetings, but not here. No, 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 you're in a church. City Lights is a church that says we're not just about meetings. We want to connect. We want to build. We want to be involved and connected and help each other grow. But not just to grow in our lives, to actually reach others, to reach out. So my prayer this morning is for every single one of us that would say, God, open up my eyes. Grant me that compassion to see 
whether it's a family member, whether it's someone at the workplace, whether it's someone at school, wherever you might be, wherever your world might take you, God, open my eyes. And God, let's create a little bit of space in our calendars. Let's create a little bit of margin in our lives that says, no, 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 I'm willing to step out and into somebody else's world for a moment, just for that coffee, for that lunch, to have people over, to build that relationship, because that through that connection, transformation, transformation. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.